Hello and welcome to Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Performance marketing is all about attention. It's the currency that is traded between consumers and advertisers, whether it's seconds on a screen or clicks on a link. So if you're not an attention seeker, you're not doing it right. I'm Lucy Shelley, junior reporter at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. Today, I am joined by Abba Galewale, Manager of Global Social Strategy at ASICS. Hi, Abba. Thanks for being this week's attention seeker. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. It was really great having you on our panel for Performance Marketing Worldwide last month. You were a great panelist. Yeah, it was also my first um, time serving as a, as a panelist on a conference. So thank you for taking the chance on me and giving me a chance to learn myself from, from the other panelists and from the experience. So thank you. No, it was, a re- it was a really interesting discussion. I took lots away from that. And would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do in your role at ASICS? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, my name is Abba. I have been um, working at ASICS for the past four years managing global social strategy. So that involves everything from working with each of our regional partners um, and making sure that we have a consistent global vision on social, um, as well as trying to really advocate for all of the latest and greatest platforms such as TikTok and and and, and everything in between. Fantastic. And as you are this week's attention seeker, we want to know what's getting your attention this week. Yeah, I mean, I think what's getting my attention this week is probably what's getting everyone's attention this week. Um, the Oscars. Uh, I think we were all watching it. I was obviously watching it in the US because it's a US event. But um, I think it got a lot of global attention thanks to some, um, you know, controversial uh, clips around Will Smith. I'm sure it's gotten your attention as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it was nighttime for us and I, I had the uh, notifications come through on my BBC app and it was Will Smith slapped Chris Rock and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I know. But yeah, he's managed to slightly taint his own award there, I think, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think when I was initially thinking about about how it gets our attention, you know, a lot of times when you see things at the Oscars or at any big global event go viral, you see either a lot of meme-worthy content come out of it and or brands trying to capitalize on it. I personally have not seen a lot of brands necessarily capitalize on this specific one, even though there have been a ton of memes just from consumers on the internet going viral. And I think... It's probably for the best, knowing that, you know, it is it is quite a, a nuanced, complex issue. Great that he apologized, but even after the fact, I don't think it's necessarily something to to, you know, both both boost your own marketing from or even try to to take a stance on on an issue as a corporation compared to as an individual. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something brands have to be really careful of, isn't it? Especially you know, jumping on meme crazes. Yes, exactly. I think there are a lot of sort of quote unquote, you know, safe bets when it comes to, you know, funny things that might happen inadvertently at an event, let's say like a Super Bowl or something like that. Um, There are a lot of ways that you can kind of capitalize on, you know, something at a halftime show or, or something that might just be funny. But I think when it comes to anything that's, you know, some really serious issues, 
Um, I, I think it's probably for the best for brands to stay away, even if it feels like it's a, a chance to news jack. Such a complex topic. Definitely got all of our attention. Absolutely. And Abba, what can cookies tell about you that you might not want them to know? So what have they, what they pick up from your searches and what would you rather they hadn't? I looked at my Instagram explore tab to see what sorts of content that I'm constantly getting served there. Um, and I think... I think the 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 biggest one is probably that I'm a huge, even though I've grown up here in the U.S., I'm a huge Bollywood buff. And so I'm always getting celebrity influencer gossip um, from India, seeing seeing that on my feed. Um, and even though I don't even realize that I'm, I'm not even seeking it out or necessarily trying to go out of my way to read it, um, clearly the, the content that I'm getting says otherwise. So I think that would probably be the biggest one. <laughs> oh, why would you want not want them to know that though? That's such a great one. Oh, I think, I mean, in terms of ways to spend your time, I don't, you know, I, I'm so quick to say, oh, I don't read, you know, the tabloids here in the US or anything like that, because it's just, you know, something you're at the supermarket in line reading if, if you need to. Um, mm. But when you're thinking of, oh, you're, you're, you're still reading the gossip that's happening in a different country, and whether that's the most productive use of time or, <laughs> or energy, um, I think it's, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, no, I've noticed recently, I think something's gone wrong with my algorithms, because I'm getting a lot of ads about things I've never seen before. I'm getting a lot of um, kind of Asian gaming ads and I don't game at all. Oh, wow. Interesting. I might have been hacked. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um seems to have gone back to its normal now. And moving on to our next question, which is to find out how much of an attention seeker you really are. So can you... Recall a time that you might have done something completely ridiculous for attention. I think I'm going to turn this question on its head a bit um, because I I don't think I'm I'm always too self conscious. I would say to to even seek attention probably when it's needed. Um, and so I'm going to flip the question on its head and say sometimes some of us do the opposite where we really want to avoid catching attention and we catch it anyway by being so awkward. <laughs> um, so um, I was actually, I was actually in LA recently, just, you know, working remotely for a few weeks to escape the winter. And I would, I would go on a different type of hike every day to try to watch the sunset from a different place and, and, and something like that. So very excited going on some of these really beautiful hills off of Sunset Boulevard and, and just kind of trying to find a place to park my car and walk around. And so one of these days, afternoons, it's around the sunset and, and I'm on this really beautiful part of the Hollywood Hills, just have parked my car on a nice little overlook and, and very narrow streets and, and these beautiful homes on the hills on one side beautiful not 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 so beautiful canyon on the other because it's really mm. built out the houses are built out of rock out of the rock so you know you have the beautiful houses on the view with the view on one side and then just the just the brown wall on the other side oh it sounds beautiful it it was it was but i think people come for the view not necessarily for the mountain which is which is part of the story so um i'm walking i'm walking down this down the road and one of the owners of one of the houses comes out and I realized it was JC Chazé from NSYNC. No way! Yes, I was so excited and I am a total, you know, 90s girl, <laughs> loved the boy yeah. bands, you know, huge. I mean, I had NSYNC posters in my room growing up, right? Like I was so excited when I saw him. But I was thinking like, oh gosh, this man is outside his house. Like I cannot, you know, I have to be normal. I have to be normal. And I didn't, I was hoping he had, he, he brought out his dog. I was hoping that we would cross paths and I wouldn't, you know, I wanted to be very cool, but I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> not nothing, nothing crazy. 
Um, but um, his, I think he he brought his dog out to um, you know go to the bathroom. So he's sitting outside his gate, just waiting for his dog to finish. And um, I I didn't want to leave because I wanted to have my you know chance. Of course. And so yeah. I um, I decided to take out my phone, and instead of taking, I didn't want him to feel that I was taking photos of him or his house, and so I just immediately looked at this ugly canyon and started taking pictures like nobody would take pictures of this ugly strip of brown rock and I just stood there for a full minute you know hoping that this person doesn't wonder why I'm taking photos because it was the only angle I could use that would not have him in it and him thinking anything and then eventually he just he just took his dog back into the house he did not we did not pass cross paths um and so I feel like you know, I didn't want him to think here's this, you know, this girl is going to put my address on Reddit. And so <laughs> I just, I never got the chance. I probably got the attention in the wrong way. And I didn't, didn't, uh, I would say didn't, didn't get the outcome that I was hoping for. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think even if you definitely try too hard one way, you're still going back the other way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, for all the 90s, 90s boy band lovers out there, it was it was a surreal experience even 20 years later. <laughs> Although in some way, you were still seeking the slightest bit of attention from him even through avoiding him you were kind of hoping maybe a wave yeah yeah absolutely I think that's what I mean though like I'm just the person I I I don't think I would go out of my way to you know totally broadcast myself I'd want to do it in the most subtle ways possible (laughs) because I would still be too shy so um yeah it definitely swung the other way around (laughs) (laughs) our next section is all about ratings We would like you to bring two things to the table. One thing that you think is overrated in the industry and one that you think is underrated. So let's start with overrated. Yeah, um, I think overrated right now, and I'm probably going to get into a lot of trouble for saying this because I'm just not educated enough, is um, I would say the metaverse. I think there's been so much talk about it, um, so many, you know, everything from articles to podcasts to, you know, entire companies built around around the metaverse. Um, and while I think, you know, I could be very wrong and it could it could take off, I think there's just so many barriers to entry currently, even, you know, in terms of the hardware barriers. I don't I don't know if everyone wants to have, you know, VR headsets to walk around with all the time. I think the 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 virality of the metaverse is going to be so dependent on Gen Z right now and and you know, I don't know if the majority of, of Gen Zers necessarily see that it's the next big thing that it's some might, but I think in, I, I think some of the polls that I've seen have, have so shown that, you know, not necessarily the, 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 the main thing that they're focused on. And with the pandemic, some, some things are kind of shifting backwards in the sense that, you know, for Gen Zers, they've been stuck at home and stuck inside for the past two years. I think they want to experience the real world um, as opposed to a metaverse. Again, I could be wrong. And lastly, I think it's just going to be really dangerous for, um, you know, regulators to be able to to establish spaces of safety and free speech and, and things like that. And I think for those reasons, it's just going to be slower to take off um, than maybe people are expecting. Absolutely. I mean, we released a undercover report this week about the metaverse and in it, it talks about how the metaverse is trying to promote inclusivity by connecting people, but through the VR headsets, which can cost up to, I don't know, 600, 700 quid, I think, for some of them, that's not inclusive, including anyone, really, isn't it? So it's trying to work out what are they trying to achieve here and how can it be made more specific to that need 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think and 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 back to the to the inclusivity piece, you know, really making sure how can how can these spaces be created that they are in some ways, you know, able to be regulated so that people feel safe and not bullied or targeted or um, just just under the guise of anonymity and, and stuff like that. So I think it's it's going to be really important topics for a lot of um, legal folks for the next little while, but um, really need to make sure that those things are in place before you know, you unleash the beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there end up ends up being metaverse law. I think there's going to be a long trial period for this. And it's we're watching that quite publicly at the moment, actually, which is kind of interesting to watch. Absolutely. And let's hear what you think is underrated in the industry at the moment. Yeah, and this is this is one where I will uh, not shameless plug exactly, but 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 share based off of my own experience at A six. Is I we think, all do it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest the biggest one for me right now that's underrated, I think, is just the value of customer service and community management online. Um, when it comes to marketing, I think it's really important for marketers to understand that yes, performance marketing includes a lot of let's say budgets and ROI and 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 advertising and things like that. But there's also the human an element to it and really having those one-to-one conversations that aren't always automated um, and, and really thinking, you know, how can we remember that we're consumers and have that empathy um, to be able to speak, even if it's from the perspective of a brand, but still, you know, helping consumers really feel that they're being heard, um, whether it's product feedback, whether it's issues with an order, depending on what your business is. Um, and then also, you know, still being firm and not overpromising. You know, making sure that they really understand the the exact honesty of what's going on. If if they are waiting for something for too long, or um, you know, looking for for availability for something, I think that's really really important. And the reason I say shameless plug is not because I think we're doing it as a brand the best way. We 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 certainly have a long ways to go, but we're in the process. We're just out. We're, we we just sort of socialized a global strategy for community management, and really excited this year to. To roll it out and work with our markets to to really you know upgrade the experience for the consumer on social. Um, so something I'm looking forward to hopefully saying that you know is a proof point that it's underrated and that it's actually contributing to results. I mean, social media is becoming absolutely so ne- necessary, but also one of the most prominent channels for a lot of a lot of brands, especially e-commerce brands. Do you think that's uh, kind of also playing into your audience as well? Then, because obviously, social media is preferred by some audiences compared to others particularly you know younger audiences so does that in turn affect your audience and uh, for your products yeah yeah in a sense I think social commerce is such a big component these days as well and it's 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 really growing so um, when it comes to millennials and Gen Z really looking at how we can you know I do think ASICS as a brand has been popular among older crowds just because of the comfort of their shoes and um, and and the, and the necessity as you grow older to really pay attention to, to having supportive shoes which maybe as as young younger people we don't always think about until it might be too late or until there's an injury or unless you know we're running a marathon or something like that so I do think that was the consumer base in the past and still continues to be a strong consumer base but with with things like social commerce where you know I can be on Instagram and check out directly within the app a whole slew of products from brands that are that are on on the app um, specifically in the US at least with with businesses being able to do that um, that just opens up so many more so many more doors um, because people are browsing for things that they like the cookies can see what what we're browsing um, so to be able to 
to show them that type of product within the app where they are. Same with TikTok. I know that they they have some partnerships coming up now to to connect brand catalogs into TikTok as well. So many people I know say, oh, this product, I, I found it on TikTok because it was all over my feed. So um, I think I think with that, the importance of social media and the importance of consumers feeling heard there and that it really being a two-way conversation is only going to increase. Even in terms of um, trusting quality, I think so many people are willing now, especially, you know, on the younger crowd that are on TikTok to, to trust the community that they that they see or follow on TikTok to say, hey, this product is great. They're not necessarily looking for, you know, you know, authenticated reviews are totally comfortable with, you know, the the TikTok crowd kind of keeping each other accountable and saying, you know, if this person's really wrong, they'll, they'll be called out for it. So if people are agreeing, that must mean this product's really good or this product's really bad. And that's that's why I think community management from brands again is so important to be really keeping their their um, the pulse on the conversations like that and making sure that they can participate where it's appropriate and or um, you know keep track if it's not and 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 know what people are saying about it. And moving on to the next section of this podcast, which is about you, the performer. It's about your best practice. So could you tell us a little bit about the most exciting, most interesting, or even the most the, the project that you were most proud of? How did you get people's attention and what was the outcome? I would say so far the, the highlight for me has probably been working on the Olympics. Um, ASICS is a, they were a sponsor, a gold sponsor for Tokyo 2020, um, which became 2021. But um, I think I think the biggest sort of objective for me as a as as the lead for global social was to ensure how do we both capitalize on the sponsorship, how do we you know celebrate our athletes in the best way, um, and and also how do we make sure we stick within the rules, which was such a big one. Um, so the way our sponsorship worked was we were sort of a, a bigger sponsor in Japan, which meant you know the Japanese team could do a lot more, uh, had a lot more freedom around how they congratulate athletes, what they say, and, 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 and you know, Olympics-related um, Olympics logos and trademarks that they could use, whereas in the rest of the world, we were a, little, we were a lot more restricted in, in, you know, you can't explicitly say congratulations um, in most countries during the Olympics. You have to wait until they're over. You can't say good luck. You can't mention Tokyo 2020. Um, so you really have to come up with really creative ways to, you know, whether it's leveraging an athlete in an existing campaign that you might already have in market and saying that it's generic advertising and you just happen to be posting them, you know, posting about them the day that they won the marathon or something like that um, without explicitly referring to medals or, or things like that. So really fun challenge, um, you know, really really tough at times to get real-time approvals from a lot of people. You get the athlete, you get the federations, you get, you know, um, their agent, you know, the, the, our lawyers, the IOC and, and, and the International Olympic Committee and, and all of that. So we definitely had some stumbling blocks, which I won't get into, but it was, it was just a, an amazing thing overall to eventually having, you know, 50 plus medalists and really being able to, to, promote most of them, um, assuming that they were okay with the photography that we had and, and, and things like that. So that was really exciting. Yeah, I bet. And especially quite exciting, having, like you said, having to work real time and it being kind of 
quite quick. I was wondering if you could tell us about how would you subtly congratulate someone? How would you get around that? What were some of the phrases that you used? Yeah, so so we wouldn't. So for example, um, you know, our, our whole campaign that summer, unrelated to necessarily Olympics explicitly, but our whole campaign that summer was around celebrating sport because, you know, people had been locked down for so long and, and last summer was supposed to be a chance for people to be able to get outside again and really celebrate the types of sport that they, you know, that they missed and loved so much. So we kept it under that sort of creative wrapper of, um, you know, having some clear templates built out with, you know, the same branding and, and, and treatments with, you know, something like, let's say confetti, we had a confetti treatment as part of the celebration. So it's so really showcasing and proving to, to anyone that wanted to try to say it was congratulatory that it was just part of a campaign. Um, and then really leveraging any existing photography you might have of the athletes or ideally any real-time photography that we can get. Um, again, that, that gets complicated as well if you have to blur out logos and, and any sort of background, you know, Tokyo uh, landmarks that are not permitted to be used. Um, but then really, you know, taking that and integrating that into that template. And then in the messaging, you're not saying congratulations. You're saying something around like, we're celebrating sport with, you know, insert medalist here. And so you're, you, you can really show that you're not, you're not congratulating them. You're not mentioning the event. You're not even mentioning the event that they have. Um, but you just happen to be posting about one of your sponsored athletes the day they won the gold medal. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a bit like, again, kind of getting on that meme craze, isn't it? Just by having their face. I mean, picture says a thousand words, doesn't it? Absolutely. It kind of says it for you. Doesn't yes, it? yes, yeah. yes. The final section of our podcast is all about getting my attention. We have asked you to resell us an old fashioned or outdated item uh, to a modern audience and ideally with a performance marketing strategy and the object that we have given you is a typewriter at the end of this i will also be grading it Ooh, the pressure is on especially yeah, for exactly for guests that are marketers and definitely not salespeople by nature <laughs> i could never work under this pressure <laughs> well when you're ready don't forget that there yeah you know, there's a lot riding at stake here so <laughs> you go. sounds great um okay so I think, um, you know, again, thinking as a marketer, thinking about reasons that people might still buy typewriters in the modern age. Um, I think people love going off the grid. They, they really get sick of all of the screen time. You know, you, you can, you can be in a remote cabin in the woods with nothing but your thoughts and, and, and mindfulness and being able to collect and record those thoughts. Um, and, and then the other group I would say is, is privacy. So I think people are so worried these days about, and rightfully so, about getting hacked or having information shared or, or lost on the internet. Um, you know, it's, it's completely off of that. So there's no way for someone to steal this type of information that you have on a typewriter unless they break into your house, quite literally. Thinking about distraction-free work, um, and, and, and also being, being really efficient with your time. So, you know, you can, you can't delete something or redo it the way you can on Microsoft Word or something like that. Um, you really, you really have to, have to be, be really honest and thoughtful about how you put it on paper. So I think in terms of performance marketing, I would, I would try to bundle it first with any sort of like tiny home getaways that people have. If, if, if you sell it to rental owners, um, that can really add to the charm of, of the home or the, or the tiny home. 
or on the totally other end of it, pair it with, you know, safe safes or filing cabinets or things like that that are meant for home use that have, you know, the locks and things like that. Lastly, I would say um, if I could sell it into some sort of writers or journaling workshops um, for people, for instructors to really help people focus on the words, the sentences, the phrases that they really want to hone in on as, as, as the the, the final piece, um, as opposed to maybe rambling or, you know, having having several iterations before you get to the exact, exact proper final version that you want. Wow, you have really sold that to me there, because you have highlighted quite a few of my own my own issues. For example, focusing your thoughts is a great one, not, you know, getting getting rid of the distractions around you and on your screen as well. Something that I could definitely do because <laughs> my mind just wanders. <laughs> I think, and it's also it's interesting after doing um, a few of these resale me uh, object uh, is when people talk about privacy because all these old objects because they're not connected to the internet anything like that people are given the they have privacy with it and it's interesting that people are you know still kind of they have that desire okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna grade you now there were some really great points we have focusing your thoughts and the kind of the value added product as well for people's staycations I'm gonna. I'm going to give you an 8.5. Ooh, I think. okay, that's I, yeah, an 8.5. I'm like, I'm really. I was shooting for a seven. Oh right, well, then <laughs> you have done really well. I think it's probably helped that you tapped into what I need right now. I'm thinking I could really do with this. So yes, please. Where can I buy? <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate that. That is that's a very kind rating. And uh, again, I certainly do not have the the skills needed to be a salesperson. <laughs> you sold to me, so that you got your first customer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being our guest on our podcast, Attention Seekers. And I hope we have satisfied your attention-seeking desires, Abbott. Lovely to have you on. Thanks again so much for having me. This was so much fun. If you want to find out more about the news and trends from global brands, agencies and platforms in the performance marketing industry, register with us on our website at performancemarketingworld.com. Don't forget to look out on our socials, which are linked on the site and in this episode's description, to send in suggestions for next time's Resell Me A Pen Challenge. Thank you all for listening and I look forward to you joining me next time. Next time.